Hey, Triangle Lovers, welcome to Making Moves, hosted by the Rachel Kendall team, where we will explore together the top restaurants, community hotspots, and events in our area. Let's make some moves. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Making Moves. Thanks for listening in. I have a really special guest today who is um, someone that is a go-to for sports in my life and in my world, and I'm really excited about talking about youth sports in the triangle and how to find it, how to vet it, um, what we should consider uh, as a real estate agent, especially working with a lot of relocation clients. Um, we get a lot of questions from our clients about, you know, how do I get integrated into the community? And I think sports is one of those things that is like an instant community. And it's always what I recommend to clients if if they have a young child or if an older child, a great way of getting involved in the community is to get on a team and um, learn something new. So Kyle, thank you so much for joining us. Sure. Happy to be here. Yeah. So tell us a little bit about your background and how you found your space in sports. Sure. Um, I grew up playing soccer, played in high school, played in college, and then I coached collegiately, um, worked in the club space for a while, and then actually got into the national governing body space. So all of the Olympic sports have a national governing body, um, and I worked for lacrosse, field hockey, and then USA Baseball, which is actually here in Raleigh, North Carolina, or Durham, actually. Mm -hmm. Um, And now I work for a sports tech company uh, doing compliance in terms of uh, safe sport and athlete safety. Wow. So how did you find your way into the triangle, first of all? So we moved down here, my ex-husband and I, um, for his his work. So he was the deputy athletic director at NC State. So and I was pregnant at the time. Mm-hmm. So um, I came down here, knew absolutely nobody, and worked from home. So double whammy. Right. Um, and <laughs> like so many people today, <laughs> yeah. right? I mean, yep. this is exactly why we're doing right. something like this, is to share how to get connected into yep. a community. So right. awesome. Yeah, absolutely. And, one, and sports is one of the things, because a lot of the sports are outdoors and because kids have lost some of their connection because they are doing virtual school and stuff, that's why it's so important that we are getting them involved in something like sports and it doesn't need to be super intense or anything like that. So, um, yeah, so we moved down here and then I met, you know, our whole crew, Mm -hmm. um, through Goddard. And from there that kind of, you know, I didn't have any reason to get involved in sport because Ani wasn't playing anything at the time, but knowing kind of where to look just based on, you know, former jobs and whatnot in terms of like, how do you find a recreational opportunity versus, you know, a club or a travel or some sort of, you know, elite program. So, um, but yeah, we started with NCFC and we're in that recreational program over there, but there's tons of other opportunities in terms of like sports sampling is what you should be doing, you know, 12 and under anyway. Right. Well, let's talk. So before we move into youth, let's talk about adults because you kind of referenced that just for a minute. And I think, um, you know, for those that don't have kids or they, and they have this kind of past in sports, you mentioned um, an organization for that. What was that? NC? Well, NCFC is the um, the club soccer program here, but it has rec, it has challenge, and it has, you know, sort of more of an elite for mm-hmm. youth. But there are, um, I forget the name of it, but I played in it. There is a, an adult soccer league that actually plays at WRAL up, you know, uh, off of Perry Road. Right. I forget the name of it, but I've definitely played in it. Okay. So that's one opportunity for adults to kind of get involved if you're trying to meet people. But all there's the meetups. Um, there's several different um there's bowling leagues right. and whatnot but kickball <laughs> yeah 
I yeah. think that honestly, like when I moved to Chicago, that was the only way that I met people. And mm-hmm. I, you know, people were like, can you play? Cause they always need a female. Right. Can you play? <laughs> can you play? True. Can you play? So you just kind of meet people that way. And now we kind of meet people more as adults who are kids activities yeah, and their true. schooling and stuff like that. So and we rarely have time to <laughs> do any of our own stuff. So <laughs> that's so true. Right. Okay. So youth, um, sports sampling. What, yes. what does that mean? Yeah. So, I mean, well, you have your team development model. There's mm-hmm. a whole athlete development model, um, in terms of, you know, where kids should start and where they should end. And there's two different pathways, right? So, you know, all kids should be playing multiple sports, um, you know, whatever they're into and they really shouldn't, you know, do single sport or, you know, have a focus until after the age of 12, meaning there's a couple of reasons why one, they don't, you know, what they like at, you know, five isn't necessarily going to be the same that they like at 13 mm-hmm. and they should be playing without any sort of constraints and, you know, winning is everything because if they have those sort of mentalities um, or, you know, restraints on them from coaching and from parents, most kids will drop out by the age of 12. Which right? is so, really unfortunate. Right. And so because that, that's truly when, as we develop, you actually have the coordination yeah. and the, the headspace to be able to master certain skills. And I, I so I know we've talked about this yeah. before, but I, I think that is so good to remind ourselves is that until a child is ready to choose their own sport, we shouldn't be pressuring them into any one particular direction. Yeah, 100%. Because honestly, like the kids who are the best at nine in something are not going to be the best at 19. Mm -hmm. And so when you look at the athlete development model, it'll say like, you know, once they self-select into one sport, there's two different pathways, athlete for life and sort of the recreation model or an elite athlete. And those are your Olympians and stuff. But at the end of the day, most people are not going to go on the elite path. They're going to be on this recreational path. And just sports is really more an avenue. Everybody thinks that they're going to get a scholarship. Mm -hmm. Sports is more an avenue for, you know, movement and for friendships and learning life skills more so than anything else. And I think we as parents are the ones who can kind of instill that and not put them into travel or at least mm-hmm. unless they want to at that age, you know, but if they want to, you know, Ani wants to stop um, doing soccer and do gymnastics and dance next year. And I'm like, okay, cool. That's great. Because she's yeah. going to be eight and she doesn't know what she likes at this point. So I had a similar um, experience with my two girls, eight and 10, and I grew up dancing and that was competitive uh, from the time I was about 12 um, up until college. And I just, it was so hard for me to pull back as a parent because you want that mirroring (laughs) and you want to see your child do something that you enjoyed so much. And it was a little heartbreaking when I watched them dance and it just wasn't clicking, right? right? Like it just wasn't for them in terms of the passion. A lot of times they'd ask me like, I don't want to go. And it's like, what do you, what do you do? do? (laughs) You let them, you let them and you let them. One, one year, my daughter wouldn't do the recital, you know, and that's fine. (laughs) I just had to, I just had to accept it and move on. It's not about me. It's about them. And I let them do some acrobatics and that's really where they've, they just clicked in it and they're now in a cheer program and it's a little more than what I'm ready for, but they, they're, they're choosing it and and it's exciting for them. So it is, it's magical when that passion does just all of a sudden start for a child with movement, Mm -hmm. with teamwork and with that kind of focused energy in a particular direction. Right. And a lot of it is at the younger ages, more spatial awareness than Mm -hmm. anything like gymnastics and any kind of aerial type of sport is really good because then they they learn how to control their body. They can see what's around them that may kind of translate if they do go play a field sport like basketball or not that that's a field sport, but a court sport or a field sport like soccer, being able to see, control your body. A lot of, you know, some 
sometimes we get some of these kids that they're like five and I'm like, they're like, they have Fish zero water. core <laughs> move. You know, it's just yeah. like, what, you know, but I think if they had done gymnastics or something like the tumbling, something mm-hmm. early on, but, and if you look at your sport experience, by the time you got to college, you were kind of like, hmm. do I still want to do this? Right. You know? And so it depends on, you know, if you, but well, you I'm not going to be elite, right? I'm not right. going to go to <laughs> Broadway or, you know, anything like that. I'm going to go into real estate. That's right. what I'm going to do. So, <laughs> so yeah. And I think we kind of, you know, frame it that way for our kids and kind of get rid of this. Like they're going to go into professional sports. They're going to be a professional athlete or they're going to play in college, but more so use it as a pathway for healthy living. Yeah. And I think they're going to have good experiences. And so to that point, you know, through dance, I discovered different modalities of movement where I became a Pilates instructor at 18. And that's truly where I found that, okay, that one passion allowed me to take something into my next season of life. And Pilates was something that I did for 16 years as an instructor and learned so much. And my, one of my experiences that, um, connects to this is that I used to train, um, triathletes and yeah, you're like, they are super fit and they can absolutely do things that I can't even wrap my head around. And I'd get them on that reformer and they were, they were just, oh, yeah. you I know, mean, you've seen I've seen you. <laughs> you were like, what is happening here? So I think, I think there's so much to that in terms of the kinesiology of learning how to create a balanced body and to, um, cause think about as we age, like that's how we keep ourselves from falling down. And I'm not a good example of that, <laughs> but you know what I mean? Um, falling down or breaking bones. And it's just starting from a young age, going back to youth is so important to create that wellness right. um, in their lives. So, and, and just general movement, because I, at this point, like in college, we would have to do like a forward roll, get up and sprint. Mm-hmm. You can see my forward roll. And so like when not, I mean, now want, you know, she did gymnastics and she wants to go back to him. I'm like, uh-huh. good. I can't even do a cartwheel. Right. So those are things like as athletic as I am, I can't do that. And I have, you know, no body control when it comes to like, I literally go sideways on yeah. my head. And those are things that you should, you know, if you ever have a sniper, people need to roll <laughs> right when the sniper comes right. in. Um, okay. So back to youth sports. So, okay. Sports sampling is great, but where do you go? I mean, this, it's hard to find resources for, um, recreation leagues or even the next phase, you know, um, challenge league. And I also, while we're here, I want to spend some time talking about the selection process because that's a real thorn in my side too. But um, (laughs) tell me, how do they find things to get involved in? Sure. Yeah. I think there's a couple, like, obviously, you know, there's, you know, if you're looking for general body movement, looking at gymnastics or dance classes, obviously, Mm -hmm. you know, there's a couple. Jim Carolina, Leesville Road, um, um, CC and Co is a great dance studio. School of Gymnastics. Gymnastics is great. Energy Kids. Mm-hmm. Which Energy Kids is a great compound because they do gymnastics, they do um, theatrical dance, they do cheer. Um, they even have a couple of like singing and art programs. So they really, I, I do like that they take kind of a holistic approach to just getting kids moving. Yeah. Um, and then I think there's obviously you go to Raleigh, you know, Parks and Rec, whatever recreational programs. I would start there depending on what, you know, your child is looking for because they will have majority of either they have a connection to an organization that's going to run that particular sport for them, or they are running themselves. Mm -hmm. But another good one is I nine sports, Mm. which is a franchise owned. It's all, I think they have, you know, depending on 
where you are, in, but they're everywhere in the country. I think there's 157 franchises, and it's you know run as a you know a, a for profit, but then they bring in you know it's volunteer coaches, but they have to you know background screening, they have to do education and training. So it's a good you know introduction to whatever sport. I think they have t-ball, football. Um, I think they have soccer. I don't. I think that's probably core sports. Well, going back to the rock to the park system, yeah. and I know Carrie has a great program. Raleigh has a great program, a parks and rec program. Um, it's an affordable number one, and there's a lot of diversity, and it's a really good place to do that sampling, like you recommended, because they're not long seasons, right? Right. I mean, children need they have short attention spans. We all know this, right? So I can spend a quarter, you know, January, February, March, maybe yep. doing indoor swimming, and then I can let them do this, and I'm not paying an arm and a leg for equipment, and you know, all the things that sometimes some of these rec leagues overinvest oh, us yeah. parents in. Right. Yeah. And I think the other good one would be the Triangle YMCA. Like, mm-hmm. they're, same thing. You know, you're not going to have to spend an arm and a leg. You can do multiple, you know, disciplines in terms of what you're looking for. And the other thing to look for is, you know, like you said, the attention span. I mean, at 12 and under, you know, well, especially like eight and under, it's an mm-hmm. hour long, you know, <laughs> okay. and so they can do multiple things in a particular week, right? So you don't want to overschedule them. But if you're looking at an hour a day, I'd rather that hour a day be in a structured you know, a structured thing than, you know, being at home on the iPad or in front of the TV or trying to tap dance with your child and figure out what you're going to do with them <laughs> right. to keep them back. <laughs> right, right. We, we get like into this entertainment mode oh, yeah. for our kids. And <laughs> yeah. it's like, well, I could actually take them somewhere yeah. to teach them life right. skills. And in an inexpensive way, you know, yeah. and then they meet kids too, you know, mm-hmm. and then they have friends outside of school and outside of their preschool circle, which I mean, that's another conversation, like, <laughs> that, that daycare topic in the triangle, yeah. we could go there next. Yeah. But um, yeah, I loved being able to, I'd go to Lifetime Gym, which is another really mm-hmm. uh, similar, um, more private and um, place for youth athletics, like the YMCA and the girls girls would go and they'd be waving. That's my dance friend. Yeah. That's my yeah. Goddard friend. And that, wow, just to see them, I was like, well, they're just, you know, living their best life yeah. right now. I know. And I think the neat thing is, you know, kind of coming here with no connections to the network that I have now all comes through daycare and sports. Mm-hmm. And I think that, you know, kind of sets Ani up for what we're talking about, right? Mm-hmm. You know, a good introduction to being well-rounded through sport and in life based on all her connections all the different people right. that she's meeting. And that's really, at the end of the day, what it's about. That's right. Um, and I think, you know, it's it's funny what we, you know, what we allow our kids to do. Like we take um, lessons at uh, Raleigh School of Music, which uh-huh. I think it's right there. Yeah. Right on Six Works. Yeah. You, mm-hmm. you kind of drive your kid off and then you're just like, okay, I mean, it's a half hour. Right. So, but I think one thing that, another thing to look for, and I know, I don't know if you wanted to get into this, is, you know, what are, what are the safety parameters around this? No, I think that's a good place to go because okay. you see, I've seen a lot of, um, big headlines in the cheer industry recently really got hit hard. And and so I think safety and, um, you know, how are the coaches selected? I think it's a great place to go. Yeah. And so, I mean, I think real briefly, because I know you want to get into the selection process Mm -hmm. of things too. um, You know, when you're looking at these programs, I think a a good question to always ask is, are they background checked coaches or, you know, whoever, whatever instructors you have, what is the, you know, education and training that they need to do if it is a sport like, you know, where there are, you know, fly 
suppliers mm-hmm. and what what safety you know mechanisms or what do they need to learn in order to be able to do that um, what policies does the organization have in place in terms of like the athlete safety in terms of being one-on-one with those instructors just because you have so many of those headlines out there mm-hmm. um, and if they have those things in place it's a good program right mm-hmm. without those you don't you definitely want if they're not doing background checks or they're not educating and, and training them in the actual sport plus the athlete safety piece of things making sure that you know there's an abuse awareness component to it you're probably not going to want to bring your child there right because you want to be able to bring them and if you need to step away for some reason and not watch you want to feel comfortable doing that and honest on that you know I grew up in an environment where we, we were dropped off and our parents didn't watch mm-hmm. and I then was in an environment my kids played soccer for a minute and you know we were watching and I realized that that creates a whole different dynamic for your child and a performance quality whether mm-hmm. you're performing in sports or performing in arts um, they're they're looking at you for that approval and there's so much confidence that you get as a child when you say to yourself wow I did a good job versus mm-hmm. looking to somebody else for that validation okay. so yep. I think it's good to walk away it is. I think it's good to place your child in a trusted environment where you can walk away and and let them discover who they are and how they can achieve goals in a sport absolutely yeah I mean and I, I know that from you know obviously I was the parent coach and Ani basically was like you're a distraction <laughs> She's so honest to say anything to you, but you know, yeah, yeah, they are looking for approval. And once, you know, coach Jim came, then I could step away and she just flourished there because every child's different. So it was just personal experience, but, but no, I think, yeah. But then being allowed, like allowing yourself to, you know, let them be there alone because you Mm -hmm. know, those safety parameters are in place is great for the experience too. And so those are programs that you're looking for. If they don't check those three boxes then you don't necessarily want to be dropping your kid off there and leaving them. Good to know. And um, also a social media policy. I've seen a lot more studios. Um, and once you get into this competitive environment or where they're um, actually winning awards or something where they're celebrating, what is their social yep. media policy? Because that's a whole nother conversation yes. with your child that you yep. need to make sure that they're aware of. So now we're in comp- competition right now. Yes. We're in this, you know, next phase for a child. Um, what What's the go-to for that on selection? Yeah. So in selection, I always say, you know, I've had a couple parents this year because, you know, a lot of the recreation is kind of, you can stay in rec or you can go to the next thing, which in soccer is juniors. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, tell me about like the selection process and, you know, how do I pair my child for that? And the one thing that I always say is it's subjective. You know, every, every instructor, every coach looks for different things, right? So what I find that I like in a player um, may not be the same as, you know, the guy standing next to me. And so how I always prepare is like, you know, you go and you do your best and it is going to be subjective and you prepare them that there is a place for you to play Mm -hmm. if you want to play right beyond this and just preparing them for that. Now, I also, you know, think there's politics that go along with that. And the more you can kind of separate yourself and understand the process, educate your child in it, the better off they're going to be in terms of their mentality around it. But yeah. And going back to the, um, the development of an athlete, um, sometimes 
sometimes you have those late starters. Yeah. And so you go and you're, let's say, nine, 10 years old, and there are nine, 10 years old that are so far beyond your skill level. And talking to your child about that, like everybody had to start somewhere. Yeah. And this is just where you're starting today. And there will be a place for you to play wherever that is. Right. Um, because I think that there's a lot of pressure. And I mean, I watched my own daughter, you know, fill up with tears, feeling intimidated. Mm -hmm. And not that that's a bad feeling, right? Like right. it's actually a great motivator. And what she's accomplished in one year because she saw what that level up yeah. looks like is phenomenal as well. So, but you're right. It's about coaching your child um, that there's a place for you and it just might not be here, but there is a place where you got to start somewhere. Don't be intimidated. Right. And then, you know, yeah, like you said, the development is different for everybody. And so you would hope that um, the experts, the coaches in that are placing you in the right path mm -hmm. to succeed at the, where you are in the development pipeline. Right. So I've had kids that we had an A and a B team and I didn't pull them up to the A team and the parent was pissed off, mad at me. Right. Then the kid made the A team the next year and they were like, it, I was like, no, 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 you don't understand. They made the B team so that they could make the A team because that's where they were going to flourish right. and excel. And so sometimes that's, that's okay. And sometimes it is politics. So you just have to be able to separate the two. But, and again, if you see that in that, whatever program you're in, then maybe that's not the program that you want right. to be in. That's right. And it's not, it, there is so many great opportunities in the triangle. And that's why I wanted to showcase, like mm -hmm. there's tons of opportunities for kids. Try a few things on before you actually commit to one right. of those things. Don't commit to the outfit. <laughs> Don't commit to the outfit. Um, all right. So, okay. What what are some um, what are some things about competitive leagues once you get into that place where parents need to consider, or even what are, what are you working with with your child? And that you mentioned that it's not just about winning. Yeah. Yeah. And again, so uh, philosophy, coaching philosophy, or instructing philosophy, whatever it may be. And then ultimately, you know, like you gotta, you know, I had a great experience going all over the country, playing everywhere, I went you know internationally as you know a child and that was what I wanted right and that might not be for everybody so looking at it from okay well what is the commitment and making sure that you as a parent want to be committed to that but more importantly that your child wants to do that so they may want to play on that elite team but then when you tell them that they are there three times a week for practice and then all weekend and mm -hmm. there are several travel components you know that's a family decision and family commitment and you know sometimes it could be like if you've got multiple children you know and if you have a spouse or a significant you're going in different directions. Yeah. So you just really got to be, you know, aware of what you're getting into and, you know, do you want to commit to that? You know, for as long as the child wants to commit to it, I'm all for it. Right. If Bonnie wants to go all over the country playing, like I'm ready. Sign yeah. me up. Like, that's <laughs> fun. But again, it's a commitment. Yeah. So. Yeah. And, and so allowing that space for them to make that decision. And in that, in that competitive environment, one thing that I noticed at Cheer Extreme um, recently was the coaches made a parent call mm -hmm. um, and I'm sure it would have been done in person, but they did it over the phone and, and they really focused in on, okay, how are you as a parent feeling about this program? And do you understand where your child's at? And do you understand what next year's commitment would look like? And they wanted that buy-in. So right. you're absolutely right. It's not just about what the child wants to do when they're at that level. The parent has to be able to support that. And I think the other thing is, is that financially there's a lot of those programs that do 
help. Mm -hmm. um, and I think that's a great question to vet as well. Like, do you have financial aid? Are there payment programs? Because the last thing you want to do is limit your child because of financial burden. Right. So yeah, and some of them have you know scholarship programs mm -hmm. and whatnot too. So in that's yeah, I mean if you're looking at a pay to play model for whatever sport or activity you're talking about, it can get very expensive. And that shouldn't be the prohibitor if you're you know, we always talk about the needle in the haystack. So, you know, opportunity. So if you've got a kid who can't necessarily, you know, go play because they can't afford it, you know, can we find those kids and give them the opportunity to do that? So looking at, you know, programs like that, you know, like you said, if there's mm -hmm. payment plans or if there's a uh, scholarship, you know, that shouldn't be a reason why you don't pursue it if you know your child wants to do it and has the talent to do it, you know, when they decide that they want to go to that level. So. Right. Uh, this was so helpful to really, you know, talk about that athlete development. So if you could provide one piece of guidance for either somebody starting starting a kid into a program or even a new, um, we have how many people come into the to yeah. the triangle it's every day? Busier. It's gotten a lot busier, and it's only going to get yeah. more with all these corporations. What would you say the the main takeaways are for those people looking to get started in sports and community? Yeah, so I would say you're going to want to you know allow your child to try multiple things, and it may be you know you're not pushing them to go do something, but more so like, hey, I signed you up for this. Just give it a try. You know, let them try a bunch of things. Let them, if they want to focus on one thing for, you know, two, three years, but switch, allow them to sort of find their journey and not push them either way, but keep them active. And then the other piece of it is, you know, you have to know when to push them to, mm -hmm. right? So if they, like, we can't just say, oh, it's their decision because sometimes there is an intrinsic like mm -hmm. motivator. They need some, a little bit of push. So allowing them to try multiple disciplines and sports, knowing when to let them take it to the next level and also knowing when to back off, but also, you know, knowing when to push them and mm -hmm. then finding, you know, safe places to bring them, make sure that you're looking at those safety components in terms of child protection pieces. That's the biggest thing. Cause there's, you know, so much, out there in the in the media and I mean that's what I work with every day and it's we we want to close a blind eye to it but it's out there and so that's the number one for me is always like is your child safe while doing this right and you mentioned it before but where where are you now where are you now in your career and how has sports made that impact to get yeah. you to where you are you no know, I'm super lucky that I I mean I had all great experiences you know and I had great parents too that they were like I don't know anything about <laughs> soccer so you're on your own right. they were like you're great play great and I'd be like were you watching the same game I did so, um, yeah, sport has allowed me to get to where I am and, um, you know, now working for a for-profit organization in the sports tech world is all trickled down from my experience. Like there was, you know, sport got me to where I am and I'm mm -hmm. lucky that I still get to work in sport at, you know, at this time and have, you know, the breadth of experience and knowledge that I've accumulated through that and, uh, not being a discipline or, you know, a type of work that I don't love doing every day. And mm -hmm. I really get to, you know, put things into place that that um, protect kids while they're playing. So yeah, I mean, I've had a, an interesting journey. I've done, you know, work in accounting and then, you know, I ultimately always came back to sport and, and where I am now. And so I don't know what the next step would be, but I think, you know, um, uh, this is what I want to do and this is where I want to continue going. So I think that just sums it up that sports and just this whole idea of creating a community for your child is setting them up for success. So I appreciate that you could bring it full circle. Yeah, absolutely. And um, so Kyle is a past client of the Rachel Kendall team. So, yeah. uh, how many times have you bought and sold houses with us? Uh, <laughs> bought twice, sold once, and I'm not allowed to sell this house <laughs> until I die. So <laughs> good plan. 
Yeah, I guess it's Good no longer plan. a client. <laughs> That's right. No longer a client, but a client for life. Yes. So, well, I appreciate it. Thanks for coming on Making Moves, mm-hmm. and I hope you guys enjoyed it. Thanks for having me. Thank you for joining us on this episode of Making Moves. We want to deliver the highlights of the triangle that you want to hear. Let us know your feedback, comment on our social media, like, and of course, subscribe to continue and discover why we love where we live. Until next time with Making Moves, hosted by the Rachel Kendall team.